This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. I've been gone for a little while. Glad to be back. This is a drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. What we do is we take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time in that chapter on our own, and then I and a coast come down to the studio here that we have at the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. And so my co-host today is Pastor Christian Hurston. How are you doing, Pastor Christian? I am doing great. Excited to be here and going through the book of Mark. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. One of my favorite books in the Bible for sure. It's a it's a it's it's compacted. Yeah. And uh suddenly. Yeah. Suddenly. suddenly yeah. Suddenly. It's like <laughs> it's the way is, I live my a, life. It's like boom, let's go here to there. That's a good description of the book, suddenly. Yeah. So yeah, we're in Mark, Mark chapter nine, which we'll read in just a minute. And Glad you've uh, joined us. Tell them how they can figure out which chapter to be in. Yeah, absolutely. The best way is on our East Coast app. And normally I'd love to say it's got a blue background with the white cross, but we've actually got an update for the app. I went to go look for it on my phone and I was like, where's the cross? So it's actually an East Coast logo now. Watch out. Circle East Coast logo with our name in it with a blue background. So when you look on the Apple or the Google Play Store, just type in East Coast app. The app has been updated. It looks amazing, as well as our website. It's never looked better. The website is ECCC.us, and on there you can find info, past sermons, morning breath. I love to go on there and get the, the devotion guide for morning breath. You yeah. can see what chapter we're reading, and you can share the message. So that's happened to me many times. I've been driving in the car, or I've put on the podcast and heard something, and it just popped out to me. And I'll pull out and I can text or email that to someone and say, man, listen to this. Pastor Dan was tearing it up on the radio this morning. (laughs) So that's a great way to do it. You can also follow us on social media. So on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, we're on Facebook Live every day, putting out some encouraging word for you. We've got a lot of great content. We'd love for you to stay involved that way. Or you can call the church offices, 321 Four five two ten sixty, and we would be honored to either email or mail out a devotion guide or any other information that you ever want about East Coast. Amen. Yeah. So is there? There's. I think you've covered really all of our announcements too. Yeah. Now we are doing in person and online church, yeah. and so be aware of that if you're out there and you you feel like it's time for you to get out and go to church. We're yep. doing social distancing and encouraging people and having a whole cleaning crew come in in between every service Absolutely. and rotating rows and letting that sort of row, uh, yeah. what would you call that, Simmer. ferment? Yeah, ferment a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so that we get all yeah. the disease out of it. And then the next row comes in. And so yep. taking temperature for kids, yep. taking all the precautions. Yep. And it's been great, whether it's online or in person, is people yep. really are so happy to be fellowshipping back together. Yeah, And this is exciting because the kids are back in school. So school started. On August 24th. So here we are, August 25th, and the kids are back in. So this is a a brave new world for us with the students being back. So we're praying for our teachers, for our students, and for all the parents out there this week. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we believe you're going to make it in Jesus' name. And actually, your kids in school are probably already an answer to prayer. Yes. So we don't really need to pray for the parents. Oh, yeah. Because they've already prayed. That's been my prayer. Their brains out trying to get their kids back in school. God bless the homeschool, but get them all back. Thank you, Jesus. 
Okay, well, why don't we read the chapter, brother? Yeah, it sounds great to me. So uh, I'm going to read first 25 verses. You can read the last 25. That sounds great. Uh, I'm going to read New King James. You're going to read New Living New Translation. New Living Translation, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I must say unto you, read, sir. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining exceedingly, white like snow, such as no launder on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one any they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. And they asked themselves, saying, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Then he answered and told them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. And, and how it is written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt. Excuse me. But I say to you that Elijah has also come, and they did to him whatever they wished, as it is written of him. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Verse 26, Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet, and stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. 
Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of the enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying. However, they were afraid to ask him what it meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in the house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out there on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who's not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it will be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. (laughs) For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Amen. Amen. That was the longest last verse I've ever heard. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, like my translation uses uh, that line, I think it's from Isaiah, their worm does not die and the fire's not quenched. Or yours yeah. uses about the maggots yeah. still alive and fire's not quenched. And uh, you know what's amazing? When you look at uh, hell and even the belief about hell, yep. it's pretty amazing. These these figures aren't current this year, but they're they're not... They're not over five years old, and it's probably worse now. But when you ask people about, do you believe in the doctrine of hell? Yeah. 71% of the top leading seminaries in our country disbelieve. Yeah, they don't believe in the actual place of hell. Yeah, and uh, 70, that's 71%. 60% of Episcopal, 58% of Methodists, 54% of Presbyterians. And 35% of Baptists do not believe in the doctrine of hell. This looks like red letters to me. Yeah. I and mean, these are the words He's of talking. Jesus. This is not like pulling things out. He is, he is definitely talking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, yeah. it says that Satan is going to be thrown into that lake of fire, yeah. which abides forever and ever. And so, you know, I know it's a it's a tough doctrine. I know that it is a... It is a uh, a, f- a finite fin- yes. finale, yeah. You know, funny complete or however they say that yeah. stuff. Um, but but think of it this way: you think God would never be that harsh? Well, look what happened to Jesus so that you wouldn't have to experience it. Yeah. 
and then tell me hell's not real. Um, Jesus didn't go through what he did for you to miss a vacation, you know, a bad vacation, you know, or a bad experience for a season, you know, uh, but uh, I just, you know, the doctrine of hell is is glossed over and looked over. Yeah. Um, it was shared many times in Scripture. Jesus spoke about it. And yeah. like you said, this is red letters. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not great news, but there is good news. Is. And in fact, the good news is almost too good to be true yeah. news, that Jesus died for you. Now, now, he didn't die for his friends. He didn't die for his buds. He didn't die for his, his crew. He died for wicked, yeah. broken, yeah. Who sinful. Who despised him. Yes. Uh, for the people who crucified him. Yeah. For the, for the convicts that hung next to him yeah. who, who taunted him. You know, uh, for, the, for the centurion who led the group that beat him. Yeah. Uh, for me who denied him. Yeah. You know, right down the line. And even Peter in this, in this chapter, who's a big part of this chapter here, Jesus died for him and he denied that he even knew him and cussed about it. Yeah. You know, couldn't even admit to a little girl that he believed and followed Christ. So, yeah, it's a what Jesus did was a big deal because eternity is a big deal. And the other thing I want to say is God just doesn't want you to avoid hell and make it to heaven. He wants you to experience something called eternal life right now. And that's a very powerful thing. Eternal life is something that we experience every day with Jesus. Uh, that's that's the life of God dwelling on the inside of us, and 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 being a little bit more like Jesus in this chapter uh, than maybe his disciples. Yeah. They're arguing. Yeah, they're fighting about who's best. Competition, greatest. Yeah, yeah. I, and I kind of when you look at this chapter and the progression here, my impression is, you know, he says, "Look, there's going to some of standing here will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power." And I'm sure all their heads and hearts swelled up at that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're going to see the coming yep. of the Lord. Yeah. In and our lifetime. Yeah. And yeah. six days later, yeah. eight, six to eight, um, I think Luke says eight, and, and, and uh, this says now after six days, but you don't know when that line was yeah. written. But just a week or so later, they go up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He gets transfigured. And this verse number one gets fulfilled in verse number two. Yeah. But it's only three of them, Peter, James, and John. They get to see it. Yeah. And the other guys are down below on the mountain, maybe musing, maybe huffing and puffing about it. Yeah. So much so that when they had the opportunity to cast out a demon, which they got, Jesus had already given them power to do. Yeah. They were unable to do it. Yeah. And then it just goes down the hill from there. You know, then they yeah. all start fussing about who the greatest is. Yeah. And, you know, it's, that flesh gets in there uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and it really, I believe, uh, is, is hindering the will of God from working. You know, and even when he goes, oh, I saw somebody who wasn't following you, can, you yeah. know, casting out devils. I stopped him. Can we beat him up, Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, I stopped him. And Jesus said, yeah. man. You know, there's no Switzerland. I'm not picking on you if you're Swiss. There's no Switzerland in the world today. Yeah. You can't be neutral. Well, you know, I'm really not against God, but, you know, really don't know what to believe about God. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm not devil worshiper or nothing, but, you know, yeah. I, no, there's no, there's no neutrality. Yeah. He says you're either for me or against me. Yeah. And uh, that's what he's trying to bring us to. 
that position of being for or against. And he's not trying to put you on the spot just to put you on the spot. He's trying to put you on the spot, save your life, yeah. you know, and, and spend eternity with him. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wild chapter. There's a lot, going, there's there's a lot so going, going on. There's so much going on. A lot like, going on. You can literally <laughs> preach out of this chapter for weeks and yes. weeks because of so much. Yeah. And I've struggled with where to kind of narrow in. I had a few verses. Yeah, that let's really hear what you like. But what I like a lot, I'm going to springboard off what you had said, is the danger of that comparison. Because uh, there's a phrase out there is when you compare, you despair. And it's so bad when I'm trying to run your race versus the race that God has put before me is that we're all called to a very specific mission that God has put in our life. And it can be easy to see someone on a platform or to be looking at someone on social media. And we hear this so much that we kind of tune out when we say it, but don't think that that social media life is their real life. It's not. You hear these amazing people that have millions of followers that say, listen, I got to do the laundry and deal with dishes. And when you got young kids, deal with all the things that come with young kids too, with diapers and everything else. And there's parts of life that they're living that you don't realize, but you're called to what God has called you to do. And if you're in the marketplace, God will bless you in the marketplace. If you're called in the home right now to lead that family, that is anointed and that is powerful. If you're called into vocational ministry or something else, don't always be looking to something else because there's such a truth to the grass seems greener, but it ain't. It's really not like the reason the grass is greener because they've got stuff they're dealing with over there, too. That's fertilizing that grass is that you need to just know God's called you to this time and don't look past that. That's probably one of the biggest lessons that my wife and I have learned. Me at 38, her just she doesn't like this, but a little bit older than me. And so I can tease her about that way. Oh, Uh, my cradle, Cradle robber. So about a year older than me is that there's been seasons in life where we were always looking ahead and thinking when we get there, when we do this, and now we look back, we're like, man, that was such a precious season when our child was one versus now he's 16 and driving, you know, and doing college courses and things like this is we're like, that was a great time. I wish I would have appreciated it or think about these seasons. And I'm sure there'll be times where I'll look back and think, man, remember when I was 38? and doing this, and I wish I would have appreciated that more. And I'm trying to do that as Jesus gives us this great encouragement is do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient for today (laughs) is today's troubles, is let's be present and appreciate what God has put us in right now. And don't be fighting and bickering. In fact, Jesus rebukes those who murmur and bicker and complain and backbite in the same list as murderers. Like it is a heavy duty issue is it can cause so much problems. So just run the race that God has given you. Uh, That's a great picture. And then I love that he, he takes when they're bickering and disputed, disputing among themselves, he gets to Capernaum. They said, well, about who would be greatest. Yeah. So what he does is he calls them all together. Yeah. Says, now here's how to really do it. If anyone desires to be first, He shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. Now, I've wondered about this. uh, Is this like little child? And I looked this up. Now, the wild part is in Aramaic, the word child and servant are the same word. Oh, wow. So I thought that was interesting. It's not necessarily a three-year-old kid. Right. It's not necessarily a three-year-old kid. But on the other hand, 
what he does use here is he immediately jumps to serving and talks about, you know, be like them, be humble, you know, receive them. And, and, and he talks about, you know, serving and, and servanthood and, and being like a child are, are so important. If you want to be first of all, be servant of all is, is what we know that Jesus teaches in this situation here. And so it's a, it's a good picture on, do you want to get ahead? Then stand back and hear from God. See, if you fuss and fight to get ahead, you'll lose the power and the insight and the direction you'll need to get ahead. Yeah. But if you stay back and worship and spend time with God yep. and focus on him and serve and help his people, then you'll hear God. Yep. And with that will come all the power Absolutely. and the glory and the, and the direction yeah. and the information you need to move forward. Um, it's, a, it's a horrible thing to miss today because you long for tomorrow. Yep. Um, especially when your life's good. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I get it. If you're in a gulag somewhere, prison somewhere, and really suffering. You're looking to tomorrow. I get it. But if you've got a great life and you're just wanting to be in ministry, and in ministry is not everything it's cracked up to be. It really isn't. A lot of people would say this, that. But the other side of it, and I don't want to minimize this, is when you've got a call in your life to be in ministry, the desire is strong. And I get that. And that's not necessarily supposed to go away either. So managing those two things, yep. sort of the, that divine tension yep. between the deep desire to be where God wants you to be, but also the being, a, what's the word I want to use? The contentment yeah. with who God has that you godliness today. godliness with contentment yes. is great gain. That's one of my favorite verses that really did some heart surgery That's not me. mine. I mean, it really yeah. cuts into me. Yeah, I don't know. that one's like, oh. That's good, but it's having that contentment and knowing is you do have a calling on your life, but you don't want to look past those little kids at home that are looking for you to lead them or or your spouse or the work or the place that you can be. Is there's people listening to this program right now that have more of an opportunity to reach people than we do because of being in the marketplace? Mm. Is their interaction and the people that they're involved with is we have to go and work on it. You know, the way you reach your neighbors and the way that you're finding ways to communicate. And you you are communicating on the weekend in a big way, but never look past that. Is I had a huge audience when I was in the marketplace in a building with 300 people <laughs> that I could shine as a light amazingly more than I could, you know, surrounded by a bunch of Christians all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very important too. And, you know, if you look at Paul, it's really not focused on him right now, but if you look at Paul's life, Paul was always going to those areas, whether it was Athens or Corinth, uh, Ephesus, all those places were central political, uh, you know, uh, trade centers, you know, ports of call. Temples of worship, like right in the middle of this stuff. Because when he got the message out, like when he was in Rome and he spoke in the Areopagus, I guess it's called. Yeah. uh, it says what uh, Demarius yeah. was saved, and then some guy that was an Areopagite. What was that guy's name? I forget that guy's name. Yeah. Only we only know of two people, and I think it says, and then a few others. Yeah. So a church started in Rome. Yeah. But we never hear hear any more about it really in Scripture. Like you know, this stuff is much. Yeah. 
And the great part about it is that he did it in an area that those guys probably leaked out Absolutely. into the whole yeah, world. Multiplication. Yeah. One will put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. And in the marketplace, you have a better opportunity to Absolutely. do that than you do, you know, from a pulpit. Yeah. But pulpits are still good. And They're good. We work hard because yeah. that's what we're doing, training yeah. the body yeah, of Christ. Yeah, to the feet of those who preach the gospel. And that's a huge part of it, but it's important. It's All right, we're going to take a break. We'll get back to you in just a few minutes. Amen. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior, we offer free estimates, and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531, that's 454-4531, Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is morning breath. Morning, 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 morning breath. You know, three times in this chapter, uh, at least three times, by verse 31, he, he had told his disciples that basically he's going to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, yeah. be murdered, killed, but he will rise the third day. And they really struggled to understand it. And I get this. I know there have been seasons in my life that took 10 years for me to actually see something yeah. as clearly as I for needed to. Was, yeah. So no, no, no bad on them. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a hard, difficult thing. But the cool part about this for me is Peter finally did see it. And I want to, I want to read uh, from Peter. This is Peter 510. He says, but may the God of all grace who called us 
to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. Interesting, he says, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you, to him be the glory. And the message of this chapter, as I summed it up today, is if we're yielded to Jesus, then suffering, the stuff that comes against us, will lead to glory. Yep. Faith, which the argument with the Father and the Son, yeah. will lead to power. Wow. And sacrificial service will lead to honor. Wow, that's so good. And ultimately, we hope that honor goes to God and not to us. God bless you guys. Have an incredible day. See you, Pastor Christian. See you. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. That was it for Nick. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.